0: Voices. <laughs> I actually should have picked a different one, because that one wasn't quite the elegant end to it. <laughs> welcome to Vertigo Voices!
1: We have a theme song! We have a theme song now!
0: <laughs> Courtesy of my daughter's Casio Rap Man. <laughs> Thank you, Lily. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, everyone, welcome. Episode 15. We're back from winter break. Survived 2020 by the skin of our teeth. And we're well into the tumultuous year of 2021.
1: Oh yes, I, I I want to say happy new year, but let's just let's just go with safe, tolerable, yeah, <laughs> sane.
0: We're uh, I don't know, we're getting there.
1: We we're, are. The <laughs> year's not over yet.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's already looking up. <laughs> We survived an, an attempted insurrection, and uh, all things considered, I mean, got through it probably as well as we could. We did. So, uh, after after we got that off the board, I mean, what, what could be worse? Uh, please don't quote me on that, because it's going to get so much worse.
1: Knock on any available wood in your immediate vicinity.
0: Okay, so, uh, phone check. Oh,
1: I think we're good. I think we're good. Um, Think or no? This is so embarrassing to admit on a podcast, but like I press the little button, no, but I don't know yeah. if I. Like, that. like okay. You're, all right. you're not
0: pressing it. You're I'm pushing uh, it. No, look, look, it's back and forth kind of thing. See? <laughs> it's like a toggle
1: switch. <laughs> I learned something new this year, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Colby shows me the way.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, so now we've got some news. Surprisingly, not a whole lot of news over the last five weeks or however long we've been gone.
1: Has it been five weeks? I don't
0: know. It's been a while. It has been a while. We haven't. We we recorded in November last time, before Thanksgiving.
1: Was that really the last time? Yeah. Oh, my goodness.
0: Okay. So, anyway, um, we're back. They've got some news. Not much news. <laughs> How much news? Not much news. Uh, first thing, there has been an official cast member of the Sandman TV series announced. <gasps>
1: Do
0: tell. Gwendolyn Christie is
1: joining really? the cast. Yes. <laughs>
0: No one knows. (laughs) No character yet. But yes, Gwendolyn Christie of Star Wars and Game of Thrones fame has joined Sandman. Um, There's a ton of characters she could play. People are saying Death or Desire. I don't think she's playing either of those. Um, I think she's, I think she's probably too tall for Death and she's too feminine for Desire, you know. I mean, I feel like you have to go androgynous or trans with Desire.
1: Good point. I I feel like you, you absolutely have
0: to, you know, like, and I, I, I don't think she's going to be either of those. Um, somebody on, I think, Twitter suggested Joanna Constantine. You don't think so? I, you know, who knows? There's, again, there's a lot of people she could play, and uh, I'm not prepared to make any wild assumptions yet. <laughs> okay. okay, fair enough. Regardless, I mean, she's a, a, an actor with a lot of range. She's British. There's literally almost any female character on that show she could play. So who knows?
1: What if they stuck her in a red, like long tresses, and she was war, not war. Excuse me, destruction. Destruction. Ah. Yeah,
0: could be. I don't know that he's going to be in this this first chunk of episodes, though. Just not feeling it. I think. Well, I think it's going to be a fairly literal adaptation of the first few oh, yes. issues or whatever. He doesn't show up till I think volume three. I don't know. Regardless, there's going to be a lot of speculation. The article that I read. Um, that uh, announced this also said that Tom Sturridge was officially cast as Dream, which is the one that I said was speculated a while ago. I don't think there's been an official word, though. So I don't, I don't think that's true. I think he's still just speculated. But I don't know. We'll see. The fact of the matter is there has been casting announcements, even though the show's already been filming, so um, <laughs> who knows?
1: Cards very close to the chest. Yeah. That's great that she's in it.
0: Yeah sounds really cool. Uh, the other news, the womp womp news, <laughs> I, there actually has been a fair amount of word of this. There's new Snyder Cut news. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, first things first, Zack Snyder said that he really wants to make a comic book sequel to Justice League. Like any, like a comic book sequel, not, not a movie. Um, he said that he's talked to WB about it, and he's he really wants to move forward with that. Then, like, a week later, there was an interview in New York Times with Walter Hamada, the head of Warner Brothers, who said, basically, no fucking way.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Here's his, his actual quote. DC Films has no plans to follow up on Justice League The Snyder Cut or include Zack Snyder in any future films. <laughs> The paper describes Hamada's view of the project as a street that leads nowhere. So it's a good thing they sunk $70 million into
1: it. No kidding. I wish I had that kind of budget for my bad ideas. Yeah.
0: A street that leads nowhere. That's the official word from, uh, from the head of Warner Brothers. There's also been a shitload of drama between Warner Brothers and Ray Fisher, the actor that plays Cyborg in Justice League. I don't know if you've heard anything about that. I have not. Uh, he has been accusing them of uh, I don't know unprofessional conduct, specifically going after Joss Whedon and Jeff Johns, the producer, and I don't know he's been a comic book writer forever, but he's he's been going after them a lot. Warner Brothers is holding the line, saying like we looked into it, whatever needed to be done was done. The end. Then they said that he's not going to be in the Flash movie because he was supposed to be. Then he said yes, I am. Then, like, a week later, he said, no, I'm not. <laughs> it's just been a really weird back and forth between them with almost zero information. It's just been really fucking weird. And it's, it's just it's getting really frustrating on both sides. Now he's officially out in the role of Cyborg. He's not playing Cyborg anymore. And it, what's even weirder to me also is Cyborg was his first film role. Oh, really? Like, he'd never been in a movie before, his cameo in Batman versus Superman and then the role in Justice League. So a part of me is almost like, does he just not know how... Movies get made? <laughs> or, or, again, is there something serious to happen? And there's literally no, no knowing. Because Warner Brothers, again, said that they looked into it and that it's been dealt with, and that's all they're saying. And then their most recent, their most recent comment to him was like, look, it's just time for everyone to move on. <laughs> like, the movie came out three years, like four years ago now. <laughs> like, let's just fucking move on.
1: <laughs> huh. Cool. Yeah, no context, really.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, I have no idea what side to take on that situation. I just know that it's really weird. And it's just especially weird given his situation in the movie and in the film business.
1: Hmm. That is rather odd. Huh.
0: Anyway, I didn't really want to talk about that, but I felt like this (laughs) whole Snyder Cut shit needed some more context. Well, now (laughs) I know. Oh, uh, one more little bit of added material. Um... Our last episode, I talked about Doctor Who. Yes. And that at one episode that I really liked with Jodie Whittaker, where she met a new Doctor. And I was like, oh, there was no payoff yet. Well, I finally got to the payoff for it. Oh. It fucking sucked. It's oh, no. <laughs> it was fucking awful. Oh, no. Oh, no. One, one of the things I've always liked about the character of the Doctor is that the Doctor is normal. Like, I don't know how to describe that. Like, for a Time Lord, the alien that they are, there's nothing special about the Doctor. It's just somebody who stole a piece of technology and is flying the universe to right wrongs because the doctor, if it's you know, the Jodie Whittaker version or the David Tennant version or Tom Baker, whatever, they, just, they know that that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Well, the resolution to this story uh, explains that, no, the doctor is actually like the one like the special person and that the 13 lives of the doctor that we've seen on screen are just a tiny amount. And that he's actually had thousands of lives in the past and that just had their memory wiped. And so it turned the doctor into like Neo from the matrix. Oh no! And I was like, fuck no, don't do that. And just <laughs> watching it, I, I was like, because the the whole thing about the reason that the doctor doesn't know that other incarnation that she had um, is because that, that life came from before her memory was wiped. Oh, And I like, just in my mind, I was like, I, I was thinking of other ways to do that. Like what, what's, what's a different way that you could have a doctor not know who they are in the future, whatever. And my idea was have that doctor that she meets played by, I think Joe Martin, um, be a distant future doctor. Who's so old that she has dementia and mm. she can't remember her past. And they have this whole thing about about the power of memory, and it could end with her just kind of flying off into the ends of the universe with her TARDIS, but secure in the knowledge that her ship, the TARDIS, is kind of cataloging her memories so that they're not lost to the universe or something. Like, that could be a nice poignant story about aging and memory and the importance of that, not only to yourself, but to those around you. Right, right. (laughs)
1: Beautiful little character moment.
0: And it literally came to me in like two minutes after watching the episode. <laughs> and like, so that's apparently as much thought as they gave to this stuff, plot point. Because I landed on that, if I do say so, gorgeous storyline <laughs> <laughs> in a very small amount of time.
1: <laughs> oh, it just sounds like they got uh, uh, too excited about... Well, the Neo Factor, I guess.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who the... I don't know any... The, the the current showrunner is named Chris Schimble or something like that. I don't really know anything about him or his writing or background or anything. But, I, again, I have not been thrilled with this these couple seasons of this current Doctor. And it has nothing to do with the Doctor. I really like Jodie Whittaker. And I just wish he had better material to work with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, anyway. I, I haven't seen the newest episode that brings back Captain Jack, who is one of Doctor Who's most... Popular characters, played by John Barrowman.
1: What has he been in? What uh, been, been in? Aside
0: from Doctor Who, he was on Arrow. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. Played the bad guy, um, Merlin. Yeah, all right. I, I see his face.
0: He's a tremendously charismatic actor. Mm-hmm. And he, he was starred in the spinoff Torchwood also.
1: I haven't seen that one yet.
0: Anyway, so yeah, that's all my news. The Doctor Who sucks. <laughs> Snyder Cut sucks. <laughs> It's a glimmer of hope for uh, for Sandman. with uh,
1: (laughs) Fingers, toes, legs, everything crossed. We want Sandman to work out so badly.
0: I think it will.
1: I I think it will, too. I am hopeful in that regard.
0: Now we're going to get to the meat of the episode. Yes. Where we talk about the newest Vertigo film adaptation. (laughs) Wonder Woman 1984. (laughs) And you may be thinking... But, Kirby, how is this a vertical adaptation? Well, dear listener, allow me to educate you.
1: How, I don't know, how is it? I can't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> a certain MacGuffin makes an appearance. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, so Wonder Woman 1984 um, came out, with Christmas Day? Um, and it is set in the year 1984 and features the character of Wonder Woman. <laughs> Um, she's back. Yeah, tracking down or using or whatever, the Dreamstone, which is uh, a piece of the Sandman. Like that's a that's a prop from Sandman,
1: which we have discussed before.
0: Yeah, exactly. We talked about it at length. The the Dreamstone is responsible for for uh 24-hour diner and mm-hmm. that good stuff. Uh So yeah, that that that's a, an artifact that is far more connected to the Vertigo universe than the DC universe proper because of Neil Gaiman. Because obviously it was created in the original DCU, but now it's Vertigo. Right. <laughs> and so, so when I first saw that, I was like, what the fuck? There's not the Dreamstone
1: in this? <laughs> that was funny because when I was watching it, I was like, oh, I can see where Colby would be like, what the fuck? Because <laughs>
0: yeah. it's a completely different item in this. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have the same backstory, doesn't have the same power set or whatever, but they just slap the name Dreamstone on it. So that they can have some name recognition, I guess. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Pretty much. I, I don't
0: know. I'm, I'm curious if things, because I know like, you know, character creation rights, like uh, creators have certain ownership of characters that they create. Like if somebody were to use John Constantine, then Alan Moore would get a few bucks. Although I think he signed away his rights for that. So Steve mm. Bissett would get a few bucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wonder if that same thing applies to items, you know, like creamstone
1: that's a good question. And know. if
0: so, yeah. even though Neil Gaiman didn't create it, because it was created in the comics in the 60s or whatever, uh, I wonder if he would still get a cut of that, because he kind of shaped its origin and history and everything.
1: That's a good question. Mm-hmm. I, I just assume that it belonged to DC so that they may you know, use it willy-nilly as they Yeah, do. exactly. And
0: it probably is, I but I, I'm just curious about that, because, again, even though, even though characters are owned by DC or Marvel, oftentimes their creators still get... Cut of the residuals for creating them. And I don't know. We'd be, we'd be curious to find out. Should uh tweet Neil Gaiman and ask. <laughs> um, anyway, so Wonder Woman 1984 came out in 2020, directed by Patty Jenkins. Sequel to 2017's Wonder Woman. Right off the bat, this movie's a fucking mess. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of
1: Snyderisms <laughs> yeah. and quote-unquote um, quote, epic canon.
0: Here's a good question about it. Do you know why it's set in 1984?
1: I just assumed that it was to ride the 1980s wave that has been uh, permeating cinema and television in the past several years. Could be. Or?
0: Better question is, does Patty Jenkins know why it was set in 1984? (laughs) Because I don't think anyone does. There's no reason for it to be set in the 80s.
1: It's totally mm-hmm. to, I think, to the studio wanted to ride, ride the yeah. nostalgia wave. Yeah, it could be. What's yeah. popular right now?
0: The 80s! You know, hey, that Stranger Things show is good. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. I think I read that they actually filmed in the same mall set from Stranger Things Season 3.
1: That one surprised me. I thought it looked familiar. I was like, have we been in this mall before?
0: <laughs> but the only reason I can think of that it's set in 1984 is because they can't call it Wonder Woman 2. Mm-hmm. You can't call it that. Because if you did, when you... Um, shortened it, it would be WW2.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. So yeah. unless they said it during World War Two. You can't call it that.
1: True. <laughs> there might be some confusion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're like, we already did World War One. That's passe.
0: But um, uh, yeah, other than that, like I there's there's no there's one eighties song in it. What they show of the 1980s, like it doesn't impact the plot really at all. It could be any time. There's like tensions in the Middle East about oil. Hey, welcome to the two thousands. You know, like that—that that, it's not just eighties. There's a Donald Trump-style character in there. Again, could be modern day, like.
1: <laughs> right, and I think that's what's so frustrating with this sequel is that you can see a lot of ideas that are never fully realized and are never fully acted upon. Like in the first, I think, fifteen minutes of the movie, we get that Max Lord voiceover. Um, where he's you're talking about, hey, you, you can have more, you yep. can do more, you can be more, and we see all this glossiness from the 1980s, you know, the yuppie era, yeah. where um, you know that that still permeates today. Like I think you can easily apply that to our generation and the idea that like you should always be striving for more and more and more. Um, but they don't do anything with it. Yeah.
0: So let's let's go back. Let's go back to the beginning. Okay. What what's your book report? <laughs>
1: So, yeah. <laughs> Try to
0: explain this movie oh. as consense, or as concisely as possible.
1: Oh, man. I don't know. It might be easier for me to learn to turn off my iPhone. Um, <laughs> yes, Wonder Woman 1984. So, so many... So, it's Wonder
0: Woman. She's in 1984, I think. <laughs> Maybe. I think.
1: Possibly. <laughs> and uh, she's working at the Smithsonian, and fighting crime in her off hours, covertly fighting crime. We'll get to that <laughs> oh, later. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and she meets a friend, Barbara, um, played... Barbara. Barbara. Barbara.
0: Barbara. <laughs> Barbara. <laughs> so, I, I'm, I'm just going to cut in right now and bring that up. Please. So uh, Barbara Minerva is played by Kristen Wiig. Um, you know, they're buddy-buddies at, at the beginning, but obviously she's going to be the villain. She's going to turn into a cheetah. Everyone knows that. Um, but her name is Barbara, and they cast Kristen Wiig. As a fan of Flight of the Concords, in which Kristen Wiig had a guest appearance in an episode playing a character named Barbara, <laughs> I cannot get past that because there's a recurring joke in the episode where every time one of the Concords, like Brett or Jermaine or whoever, uh, says her name, they pronounce it Bra Bra. <laughs> And it's a reoccurring joke where he's like, he's like, yeah, I went out with Barbara. He's like, her name's not Barbara. There's no such name as Barbara. And then at the end of the episode where they're talking to her, he's like, oh, hi, Barbara. And she's like, you keep mispronouncing my name. It's pronounced Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> and so every single time her name was said in this movie, I chuckled slightly because that was probably the worst idea to cast her in the role of a character named Barbara. For me, personally, because I could not get past that.
1: <laughs> and once you hear it, it's there forever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. bra and Diana become good friends. Do they, though? <laughs> Do they, though? Yeah, we'll get to that, too. Talk
0: a couple times at work.
1: <laughs> There'll be so many parts in this review where we're like, we'll, we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. And uh, what's his name? See, this is how Max Lord? Max Lord, thank you. Played by Pedro Pascal. One of
0: like three DC characters in this fucking thing. No
1: kidding. <laughs> because we always need two villains in every fucking DC movie. Um, he plays this huckster and Shexter who is uh, uh, looking for the MacGuffin, the Dreamstone, the Dreamstone, which just so happens to be in the possession of the Smithsonian. And he seduces and tricks Barbara into getting it for him. For like 10 seconds. For like 10 seconds. <laughs> so their relationship lasts all of 10 seconds, and then they have this really strong connection throughout the rest of the film. Or do they? Um, and, uh, of course, this dreamstone allows whatever your heart's desire is to come true. For Diana, it's wishing that her true love, Steve Trevor, had never died. So, of course, we can get Chris Pine back into the sequel. And uh, from there, it's, you know, gotta catch the bad guy. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> But is it though?
0: <laughs> yeah. Again, this movie is a fucking mess. It from From scene to scene, from character motivation to act break, like nothing nothing makes any fucking sense. Uh, one of the worst movies I saw this year. <laughs> yeah. And I don't say that lightly because I so I rewatched the first, I, I should have done it in reverse. Actually, I rewatched the original Wonder Woman right before I watched this, mm-hmm. and every time I watch. Wonder Woman 2017, which is what it's called now. Or is it Wonder Woman 1916? I don't know. Whatever <laughs> our fucking year. WW1. Um, yeah, WW1. <laughs> Every time I watch that movie, I like it a little less. Mm. Because I see more of the cracks in it. And that's another, like, that's one of the things that really bugs me about it is it's not Wonder Woman's movie. It's Steve's. Mm. Like, he's the one who propels the plot forward. He's the one who gets her to tag along. He's the one who's like, we got to stop this. <laughs> and she's just like, okay! And she fucking, like, accidentally kills the villain, basically. Or maybe. The ending of that movie is a fucking mess, too. Um, plus, I've already seen Captain America First Avenger, so I've already seen the movie. Um, and, like, there's little things. Like, the whole thing about her crossing no man's land. If one person with a shield is enough to to block all of the, the guns on the German sides, then... The good guys could have passed really at any time. I'm like, guys, it's, it's not. <laughs> it, there's just there's a lot that adds up. Every time I watch a movie. Oh, and uh, what's his name? Um, oh, Stryker from X Men Origins. Danny oh, Houston. Yes. That's one of the worst performances I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. I fucking hate him in that. Oh, Danny. And I hate that character, and I hate everything about it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that said, I should have watched Wonder Woman one after Wonder Woman 1984. Because I would have liked it a hell of a lot more. Yes, you
1: probably would have. That's true.
0: And that said, all of my complaints said, I still think Wonder Woman 27... Fuck, this is going to get really annoying. I still think the original Wonder Woman is fine. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's a decent enough action movie... You know, there's plenty of, quote, good action movies that probably have similar gaps in logic or whatever. So I can't hold it against it too much. It just sticks out in my mind more in that movie because I'm more deeply connected to comic book movies. And so it's easier for me to see when things don't work in them. You know, I I don't know. Maybe. That's my excuse. (laughs) (laughs) That said, Wonder Woman 1984 is a mess on any level.
1: Agreed. Agreed. I still like uh, Wonder Woman 2017 very much. It is not a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination, but I think there's still a lot of it that holds up, and that could be very well as a woman who loves comic books. It was like, oh, finally, 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 <laughs> and uh, the story behind that. I don't know how much you have read into uh, Patty Jenkins' efforts to get Wonder Woman made, uh-huh. but you know, it really is uh, a, what you could call a labor of love. Yeah, like she likes. Uh, superhero characters she loves the uh, first superman she has a really strong connection to that movie mm-hmm. and she wanted to make wonder woman for a long time i think like she first showed interest in like 2004 or something and yeah. said i want to make this movie <clears throat> um and she fought with the studios because uh, of course like many many film studios when movies tank in this case female superhero movies Instead of the studio just being like, "Oh yeah, we made a shitty movie, they say something like, "Oh, well, you know, super female superhero movies aren't popular right now. Um, sword and Sandal epics aren't popular now. It's not that we made a bad film. It's just that you know people don't like to see this." And Patty Jenkins had a very good idea of how she wanted to tell the story of Wonder Woman. And the studio basically told her at the time like no, they wanted yeah. you and I have talked about this before, they wanted to. Uh, basically, take a woman and slap her over a man's storyline. Like they wanted her to be macho and lopping people's heads off. And Patty Jenkins was basically like, "That's not the story I want to tell."
0: That reminds me. Have you seen the picture that Zack Snyder shared? No. <laughs> of <laughs> speaking of lopping people's heads off. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so you know, in Batman vs. Superman and in Wonder Woman 2017, there's that picture of Wonder Woman and her team of. Howling Commandos. That's yes. that's what they are. It's fucking dumb. Um, anyway, <laughs> there's that picture of them, you know? Yeah. So that picture was was taken or used or whatever while filming Wonder Woman. Batman versus Superman was filmed first, but that picture was supposed to be in that movie. Mm-hmm. So Zack Snyder had his own version mocked up. There was a picture of Wonder Woman and what looked like an actually really cool team of warriors. There was like a samurai and some like, Russian Cossack dude with a big hat. And they, they looked really cool, the little team. Um, and then right in the middle was Wonder Woman with a look of just pure bloodlust on her face. Like, argh. And in her hand was, like, five decapitated heads.
1: What? <laughs> <Yes>. What? <laughs> made this? Yes. Why?
0: That, that was going to be the picture. That was going to be the picture that Bruce Wayne sends her at the beginning of Wonder Woman and that she sees in Batman versus Superman on the computer screen. Um,
1: so she could be like, Oh, better days. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Cause it, it was supposed to be her, her little team of warriors yeah. and, uh, it got changed because then while Patty Jenkins was directing wonder woman, she changed all those side characters and made the, uh, uh, you know, the, the uh, Scottish sniper and the uh, Steve Trevor and the native American stereotype. Yeah. And, uh, um, so then that picture had to change. But that's just funny that you mentioned lopping heads because up until the production of Wonder Woman, that was going to include lopping heads.
1: <laughs> that's exactly what it was going to be, yeah. And that's why she dropped out of it because at the time the uh, studio execs were like, "No, we want you to tell it this way," and she was like, "Well, thank you, but no, thank you." And um, so I think there was something like thirty scripts yeah. written until. Well, they-
0: and it, it's also worth noting that Zack Snyder has a story credit on the original Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. so <laughs> his think is still there oh, yes
1: <laughs> and that and that unfortunately permeates through all the dc films yeah, exactly. it's like those Snyderisms again um so all of that you say that uh oh and another interesting thing about the first wonder woman i don't know if you know this but um like the biggest criticism it gets from you know me included is like that ending fight scene of cgi mishmash um that was not her idea. Yeah, she I didn't heard want about that, that there, but the studio was like, "No, put it in, put it in." Yeah. So you know they had to do that, and as a result, uh, because it was so last minute, it looks horrible. <laughs>
0: has she said anything about what her ending was, though?
1: Um, it was just going to be like a knockdown, dragout fight between um, uh, Diana and uh, Ares, but as played by David Thewlis. He wasn't supposed in her script. He wasn't going to transform into some huge armored monster. That's um, how Ares
0: always looks in the comic. Though.
1: Well, yeah, but I still, I mean, it's just not executed well in the final product.
0: (laughs) I just, I, I'm curious. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that would work any better, to be honest. David Thiel was getting, (laughs) like, a middle-aged British man getting pummeled by Gal Gadot.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it might have not have worked either, but I, I think I would have like to have seen her original vision as opposed yeah. to it's like we're just going to paint this and at least it would have
0: been you know, real maybe i mean who knows who knows if it was even going to be but at least it would have been uh, there was maybe be some connection to the character who knows
1: yeah yeah exactly so all of that to say um i don't know too much of what went on in the writing room between her and the other screenwriters for wonder woman 1984 but to see her come with such a vision and passion for the first film then you watch the second one. Like you said, you're like, what is this hot mess? <laughs> I, so, I,
0: I, am still trying to, trying to wrap my head around if she's a good director or not. She's made three movies. Monster, I remember enjoying, but I haven't seen it since it was new. I mean, that's like a small, dramatic film. That movie's all about Shirley Theron, you know? I mean, that's, it's her movie, really. Then Wonder Woman, then Wonder Woman 1984. So it's like, good, fine, bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it makes me wonder how much studio interference there really was with Wonder Woman 1984.
0: I She hasn't said that there's been any. I don't know. I mean, and yeah. realistically, I mean, you're, you're going to get studio interference no matter what. When, when you're working with big budget superhero movies, it has to be collaborative. Oh, sure. It always will be. And you're always going to get notes. and You're always going to get people telling you what to do. And... You can either make it work or you can't. Mm-hmm. And like even people like Zack Snyder, who claims to have the singular vision, he's still taking notes all the time and still adapting it. His original version of Justice League had fucking Martian Manhunter in it, mm-hmm. and the studio said no. And now he's forcing Martian Manhunter into the Snyder cut, even though it's probably only going to be like a one minute scene. That people are still f- that's another Snyder cut news. People are freaking out about Martian Manhunter is going to be in it like, well, easy up, guys. It's not, it's not like he's going to be a star. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's maybe going to have a scene.
1: Yeah, he's, so like have, he's going to add anything.
0: Yeah, it's going to be that one storyboard that Zack Snyder showed everyone two years ago. Of General Swanwick turning into Martian Manhunter.
1: Anyway,
0: <laughs> anyway so I, I don't know. I, she seems to be very positive about the movie. So I, I feel like maybe this is the movie she wanted to make. It's just, there's just a disconnect between that campiness that she wanted to infuse it with and then how it actually came out. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of. It, d- it doesn't feel slapped together. Like, it feels like there was a lot of work and love put into this. It just didn't turn out right. That happens all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And that's, that's a good point. Uh, you're right. I think this is probably the movie that she set out to make. I'm just curious about... How, I just want to know what those conversations were like, like, why they thought that this would... Resonate in the ways that they felt it should.
0: Well, I, to be honest, it's not getting terrible reviews. Oh. <laughs> like, it's like middle of the road. A lot of people like it. The fan reaction has been fairly positive.
1: Really? The fan reaction? Yeah. Good. Huh.
0: <laughs> and I, I think it's a lot of wanting to like it.
1: Oh, I get that. I Because I wanted to like it, too. I really, really wanted to like it. And there are things I like about it. I think it's probably Hans Zimmerman's best score that he's written in a while. Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) I didn't
0: even really care about the score. The only one of the things though I did like about it, uh, they took that junkie XL theme from Batman vs. Superman. Oh. That that's like the Wonder Woman theme, like so that that shows up in Wonder Woman. 2017 and actually this last time i watched it i was like oh fuck really because it shows up out of nowhere and it doesn't fit the score around it at all it's like orchestral action movie score and then suddenly in the middle of fighting a bunch of german soldiers this like 80s guitar lick kicks in i'm like don't do that (laughs) fuck me like adapt it for god's sake whereas in wonder woman 1984 they use that theme but orchestrally It's fit into the score, and it works a hell of a lot better like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I didn't notice that when I watched it. I'll have to watch it again.
0: during the stupid uh, car chase scene. Oh,
1: boy. Where I'm
0: pretty sure she murders those kids. (laughs) 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 Okay, let's go through, let's go through, maybe not scene by scene, but let's start with the beginning. Yes.
1: Very good
0: place. So, little kid Wonder Woman is (laughs) participating in a decathlon or something. For really no discernible reason. (laughs) No.
1: It's a reason to get us back to themselves.
0: Exactly. It's a 10-minute sequence that could have been two minutes um, just to justify uh, throwing in Hippolyta and Antiope one last time. Right. Because everyone uh, loved—what's her name? Robin Uh, Wright? Robin Wright. Everyone loved Robin Wright in the first movie, even though she has, like, three minutes of screen time. (laughs) So they had to give her three more screen (laughs) minutes uh, so that we can uh, appease fans. And it the whole purpose of that scene is to set up the Golden Armour and her belief in truth. Right. Right. Which do we really need a race to show that? Like that it just towards the end of it, I'm like, so is this gonna be the whole movie? <laughs> or like is it all gonna be on Themiscura or are we actually gonna go to nineteen eighty four?
1: Yeah, well and that that brings up another issue with these movies is how unnecessarily freaking long they are. And how much cooler would it have been if we went to Themyscira and uh, found what's the what's the warrioress's name again?
0: Um, Who the the principal from Sky High is her
1: name. Principal from Sky High, yes. (laughs) Let's just call her that. So the Sky High (laughs) principal. Yeah. (laughs) It would have been like you you could have made an excuse to go back to Themyscira and oh by the way this legendary warrior of the Amazons has been there the whole time, just yeah. kind of hiding out with her armor. Um, if you really wanted to take us back there, I get it. The is beautiful. It's lovely this time of year. Who wouldn't want to visit? But it adds nothing to the movie.
0: Uh, and that... Th- realistically, that fucking gold armor doesn't add anything to the movie at all. But either. it could have, is my yeah, point.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. it could
0: have, but it's... It's uh, it's just... It's the Alex Ross armor from Kingdom Come. That, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, and they... Instead of just having her be like, oh, this is some armor I got because this is going to be a hard battle, they have to have a big reason for her to have it, which is, like, pointless. You don't need to explain why a mythical character with mythical armor has a set of mythical armor.
1: (laughs) 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 No, you don't. You don't. There's better ways to do that. Well, um, I guess that feeds into a whole bunch of the rest of the movie, which is all about telling and not really showing. Mm -hmm. But anyway, please, continue.
0: But, but anyway, they, they introduce that armor twice. They do. They show it, they kind of explain it, and then, you know, you go tell the truth, you little idiot. And then, uh, and then at the halfway point or whatever, she's like, oh yeah, this is the armor that I found. <laughs> and it's around. it's around. Uh, it used to belong to Linda Carter, and then a bunch of dudes killed her. Or did they?
1: <laughs> We'll get to
0: that. <laughs> Which, that that character, um, she's not a character from the comics. Mm. Shocking. No. Um, but she is an actual mythological character. She shows up in the, like, the Twelve Labors of Hercules or whatever. Mm. One of his labors, he goes to Themyscira and beheads that Amazon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like you
0: do when you're an ancient Greek hero. <laughs> so, from the... the Flashback. Yeah, the flashback, dicathlon, swimming, horseback riding, firework shooting. <laughs> From that, we uh, smash cut to the distant future of 1984. And one of the biggest sins of like period movies like this, specifically of the 80s, is that they want it to look so 80s that they make it look more 80s than 80s. actual 80s. Like, nothing in this movie is aged. Mm-hmm. It all looks fresh out of a bag like fresh out of a costume department. there's no um, creases you know like like there's that scene of everyone in the aerobics like doing aerobics riding on the little bikes, stretching in the gym all the leotards look a little too vibrant and a little too bright and everything like that the coke machine doesn't have any scuffs on it
1: everyone's walking around with a walkman
0: yeah exactly which
1: not everyone could afford at that time
0: and like a perfectly (laughs) pristine walkman that they're positioning towards the camera so you can see it you know and it's like everything like all the cars look brand new like no they had old shit in the 80s right
1: (laughs) there were still people driving around and like early 70s Pintos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just going
0: to say, there should have been a few Pintos just exploding for no right. reason. Yeah. It would have made as much sense as the rest of the movie. But yeah, so you show the the quote 80s, and um, one of the things that struck me immediately, I'm, uh, we'll get into the mall scene in a second, but after the mall scene, there's a scene where she goes to like dinner by herself. Do you remember? Yes, yeah. yeah. And so she's sitting there eating, and the waiter comes up. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's really hard to get through. And he's like, oh, you're alone? And he <laughs> yeah. clears up. Like, let me take, you uh, won't be needing this second plate, or this second set of silverware, or this second napkin, right. because you're a fucking loser. And, then, and she's like, oh, I'm so alone. You sad, lonely <laughs> yeah.
1: woman over 30.
0: <laughs> it reminded me of uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Have you seen that movie? Oh, yes.
1: There's that
0: That's scene where... Um, <laughs> The main character goes to the restaurant, and Jonah Hill's the the waiter or whatever, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll have a table for one." And he's like, "Table for one? Like, really?" He's like, "Huh? Do you want a magazine or something? I'm afraid you're gonna be bored." <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like a whole deleted bit where he's like, "He's like, yeah, no, just one table. No, we don't need two sets of plates. It's just one guy." Yeah, he's alone. No, I don't know why. <laughs> oh.
1: oh my god, you're right. Oh, oh, forgetting Sarah Marshall part three. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, okay, then rewind. Let's like, go back to the, the mall scene. <laughs> the, god damn it. This is just hilarious to talk about, too. Because the whole mall scene reminded me so much of the opening of Superman 3. It did. Of just yes. the goofy shit going on while Superman's secretly saving the day blows out the flaming toy penguin. <laughs> and uh, so the mall, everything mall-ish is going on at the mall because it's the mall. 80s mall has 80s mall stuff. And some thieves sneak in to try to steal something from a jeweler. Wonder Woman shows up. And the thieves go from like wacky goobers who are trying to steal some diamonds to I'm going to murder a kid and <laughs> like... Two seconds. And it's so shocking and like completely turns the the movie on a dime that even the bad guys are like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what are you doing, dude? That's a fucking kid. <laughs> Turn Michael Jackson and try to dangle it over the edge. And, and then cut to like Wonder Woman like saving a little girl and winking at her. <laughs> and then like whimsical music playing while she's throwing her tiara around and breaking the Uh, surveillance video footage and like also like that's not how that works you can break that all you want but you're still
1: the video is still there (laughs) (laughs) which opens up another uh, reoccurring problem in this movie is that how the fuck is Wonder Woman so covert she's not exactly she's everywhere that's
0: because she breaks the cameras and she goes shh while I was watching it with my friend, like towards the end, when the Capitol is like being destroyed and all these people, there's like news crews all over, I can just like imagine her running to me, like, don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone, <laughs> grabbing the camera and throwing it down, and like a news anchor is reporting and she runs up and snaps their neck and then keeps running, like, shut your mouth, shut your mouth, shut up or I'll kill your family, blah
1: blah. blah. <laughs> Which she would have to do. Yeah. But then, like, ah uh, oh, man,
0: it's so hard to talk about this movie linearly because it, it doesn't really make sense linearly. So she's supposed to. Hide her her face because nobody knows her in the future, and yet at the end she basically talks to all of humanity through the blue light that's shooting into the sky. Exactly, and tells everyone to renounce their wish. So, like in the future, wouldn't Batman be like, like, wait a second? I, you talked to me in my head and as a kid when I wished for my parents to be back to life and told me to kill them again. <laughs> <You> <laughs> <bitch>! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: And you'd think that, like, you know, everyone, everyone around the world would be like, hey, remember that really crazy time in 1984 when an ancient goddess (laughs) communicated to us all through her lasso of truth?
0: Well, like, the core of the overarching DC movie so far, like, the core tension, I guess, is the idea of Superman being the first superhero and what that means for humanity. The Suicide Squad was formed because Superman existed. Batman hates Superman because they had a big fight. Would anyone give a shit about some stupid alien if they knew that a literal Greek god stopped the annihilation of the planet Earth in the 1980s because some dude wished too much?
1: It totally undoes that whole dramatic yeah. arc that they tried to do for themselves. Like, who
0: cares about life on other planets when magic exists <laughs> and everyone knows it?
1: <laughs> There's a literal goddess yeah. that works at the Smithsonian. You know? Like,
0: li- like literally annihilate. <laughs> like the missiles were flying. <laughs> like right. the world, the world was seconds away from being destroyed. Who cares if Metropolis got leveled? You know,
1: exactly. I'm like fuck. Yeah. yeah, just business as usual. And yeah. you can't
0: have that kind of escalation. If it comes before the other thing, you know, like if this was set in 2018 or 2020 or whatever, that would make more sense.
1: It would. It would. And so which goes back again to the only reason I can think of that they wanted to set it in the 80s was, again, that nostalgia factor because the 80s are really hot right now.
0: And you can't call it Wonder Woman 2020 or Wonder Woman 2021 or whatever, because that doesn't mean anything today. Like in present day, you don't you can't call it that.
1: Well, not without negative connotations. That's so. true. Well,
0: fucking 1984, mm-hmm. it's got plenty of connotations with it. Thank you, George Orwell. Indeed.
1: <laughs> Indeed. And that's a, yet another missed opportunity, but we'll, uh, we'll like, once again, we'll get to that.
0: Okay, also, after Diana saves that kid that those dudes, or that one dude is going to kill and then his friends are shocked about, she then ties them up and drops them on a police car and the police car fucking flattens when they hit it. <laughs> she fucking murders them. Like, they right? are, they are
1: they're dead. Dead, they're
0: dead as hell. You can't get more dead than that. <laughs>
1: Their brains
0: and spines yeah. are soup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it's like, hee, hee, Somebody saved the, the fucking little kid. No one knows who. Yeah. Who it have
1: then?
0: Who was it? I'll never tell.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's so fucking goofy. It is. And then, um, so then cut to the fucking Smithsonian. Um, Diana has become one of those, well, I don't have a TV, people.
1: Um, did you notice
0: that? Yeah, I'm on TV. Oh, well, I don't, I don't have a TV. I don't watch TV.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she just knows where to magically be all the time to save people. Did you
0: notice, uh, when she takes Steve to her, like, back room where she keeps her armor, though? She's got, like, 15 TVs. She
1: does. That's She's a lying bitch. <laughs> You snob, damn! <laughs> is this is this a good place to talk about? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Any place is a good place to talk about anything because none of this matters. This movie is ah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Let's
1: talk about bra brum. Um. <laughs> again, you could accuse me of reading too much into this, but I don't think so. Um. It's so disappointing to see what they decide to do with the character of Barbara Minerva and Cheetah. There's so many interesting things they could have done there in terms of her development into a villain, but they settled on the most yeah. easy, the easiest, most stereotypical thing that they could do, which is girl needs makeover. Yeah. And then they try to add. Uh, they try to add commentary about street harassment yeah. and agency, which goes nowhere.
0: Yeah. And it, it, <laughs> the way that that is brought up in, within the movie, too, is so anti-feminist that it pisses me off because it's brought up as a result of her wanting guys to like her. Right. So then it's her fault. <laughs> Get it, girl. She, yeah. she says, I wish guys liked me or whatever. I wish I was like you, because guys like you. And then suddenly she goes running, and every guy's like, hey, baby, what's going on? And she's like, hey,
1: you fucking boys, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now you understand me. Yeah, exactly. And it's so
0: like, oh, my God, like, why would you do it that way? Right. There's, there's plenty that could and should be said about that. But the way they do it puts it back on her. <laughs> and that's so wrong. And
1: <laughs> I don't think the writers meant this way. Meant it this way at all. I really don't. Like, Patty Jenkins, I think she was really trying to say something, but what ends up happening is I think it it's the most cringy, maybe not the most, but it's a cringy example of, like, white feminism, Feminism, excuse me, mistaking um, embarrassment for oppression, yeah. of shyness for neglect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many cool, like, you and I talked about this a little bit earlier, um... You know we as society are still dealing with the ideas of what it means to like be in relationships, to be married, to have children. I can only imagine that was even more so for women back in 1984. Yeah. So why not have some type of character arc where you know she is Barbara Minerva is someone who totally plays the game. She's confident, she's very intelligent, she's great at her job. So why not show her just getting put down for that at every opportunity? Yeah. You know, instead of someone who's like, well, oh, gosh, nobody likes me, and I don't have anything. It's like, bitch, you're a doctor in the <laughs> <a> Smithsonian. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> you have, like, three degrees. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, it opens with her talking about how,
1: like, oh, yeah, I'm a doctor and I'm working to the Smithsonian.
0: Oh, but my, my briefcase fell open, and there go my papers. <laughs> that's,
1: that's such a tired, old... Fallback is like, ooh, clumsy, clumsy. Awkward girl, so awkward. And so it would have been so much cooler to actually... And it would have taken much to show her as someone who has really tried to play within the system. And who the system totally has shut out. So instead of um, finding ways around that or finding ways to deal through friendship and kindness and not letting that turn her into basically a monster... Like, show us the point where she's like, okay, fuck you all. I'm going to do it this way. I wish to become this apex predator who can, you know, have complete power over people.
0: Well, and I, like, I know people who are successful, who are, you know, at the top of their field or whatever, in whatever thing, or good at certain things, who are also awkward. And you know what? They don't give a shit about being awkward right. because they have the fullness of their life from the thing that they're good at or the thing that they like or whatever. Like, everyone's fucking awkward in something. And, and to see that, like, social awkwardness being the more important than being smart or intelligent or good at something, somehow that's the, the thing to aspire to. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who fucking cares? Who cares if your fucking briefcase falls open if you've got three degrees you know <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> or if you're just a generally like interesting person or whatever like I, it's, it's so fucking annoying that i always want what my neighbor has and if if i uh if i'm smart but not cool then i have to be cool too
1: right and that, <laughs> that's basically the reduction of her character arc uh, is she learns how to walk in heels so yeah exactly and then all of a sudden, you know, everyone's really surprised that Kristen Wiig looks like Kristen Wiig. And they're like, oh, whoa, she's actually really pretty. Well, no fucking duh. She's Kristen Wiig. Oh, <laughs> so anyway, that's my rant on that. <laughs>
0: uh, um. Duh. Oh, so the the whole fight scene in the desert, then, with the, uh, the... Whatever that's called. <laughs> we And we gotta spend some time on Steve, too. Because we, do, we do, Talk yes. about problematic. But... Um, <laughs> The, I was mentioning earlier about like her, you know, saying shh and saving kids or whatever. So that scene where they're in the convoy, she's flipping cars and shit. Um, Steve is in the back, I don't know, driving. Um, the scene where she jumps off and grabs the kids, right. which looks atrocious. Like the CGI in that is terrible. And then when she lands, she lands on the little girl. I don't know if you <laughs> noticed that
1: ribs are broken exactly
0: and it's like like okay well the part where diana's um wrist is around her neck is protected but like the little girl is still completely squished like from from the neck down like it's jesus right like you couldn't block that or frame that a different way like why why did they show it like that it looks like she just gets smashed my Wonder Woman.
1: You should be covered in blood. Yeah. So
0: the little girl paced all over the roadway. <laughs> Flat.
1: Oopsie! Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, speaking of Steve, please, you first.
0: So, yeah. so Steve Trevor comes back because I'm pretty sure Patty Jenkins and Chris Pine are just really good friends and they just always want to work together. He's been in three of her things now. He was in that mini series that she did a couple years ago. Oh, was he? Yeah, she starred in it. So I think she just likes working with him and is trying to find any way that she can. So that's fine. Bring him back. The way they brought him back is probably the worst on every level, though.
1: Oof, yeah.
0: So first of all, Diana, Diana's conceivably thousands of years old. And she spent the last 70 years hung up on some guy that she uh, had a fling with for a couple weeks. <laughs> right. Like, she couldn't have known him more than 12 days. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah
0: and she becomes so obsessed with him that her like life is over when he dies basically. Mm-hmm. She goes into hiding she is pining over him. she's eating alone, being judged by waiters <laughs> <laughs> And that's just such a weird thing to fixate on the characters this, this character has so little emotional maturity that she can't accept her grief and move past it. Mm-hmm. It's like they need that and again, this character is thousands of years old. Right. Surely she's dealt with something like this before.
1: You would, you would think. You would, you would think. You would think. And I mean, maybe
0: not romantic love because they're Amazons, but surely she knows about life and death and accepting that. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well, or you'd think that in the seventy years since what is it, 60, 70 years yeah. since World War One, she would have had time to deal with that somehow. Yeah.
0: You but know, talk to a goddamn psychiatrist or. Make a friend, Right. <laughs> talk to a waiter.
1: <laughs> you have connections with you know, other Greek gods. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> talk to fucking Zeus or whatever.
1: Yeah. Or what's the Greek goddess of love? Like, ring her up and be Aphrodite. like, hey, Yeah. We need to talk. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. And so, anyway, um, <laughs> because she can't get over this crush she had 70 years ago, she accidentally brings Steve back to life. And instead of just bringing him back to life, for some reason the movie makes the baffling decision to put his mind in some other dude's body. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> problematic. <laughs> yeah, and Steve's like, oh, i fucking found living in this dude's apartment. Just there's a scene where they go to bed together, and <laughs> the next morning she wakes up. She's laying next to Steve, and he's sitting there, laying in bed naked, eating a pop tart, <laughs> and he's getting pop tarts all over his chest. And he's like, yeah, I've had like three of these. And at that point, I just started laughing uncontrollably. And my friend Bear was like, what? I'm like, what the fuck are we watching? What is this movie? Fuck it, Steve Trevor's in some other dude's body. He's laying in bed with Wonder Woman, and he's got Pop-Tarts all over his chest.
1: And she's like, let's just stay in bed forever. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, he grabs some more Pop-Tarts, and yeah, let's, let's do it.
1: Make a weekend out of it. Oh yeah,
0: and so that like again, she's she's just fucking this dude. This dude that has no idea what's going on with his body. Ta- his life has been taken over by somebody else. He probably lost his job. You know, didn't show up for work in a week because Steve Trevor's in his body, working him like a marionette. <laughs> um, some some Amazon or Amazon is fucking him. Right. And he's, <laughs> he's and confused. I, yeah, and then like again, if they if they had said something about it, like, brought, like oh yeah, well, I just needed the guy's body, but now I'm me, and he's, like, he's on the other side of the world, he's on vacation, he's with his family, something to alleviate the weirdness of that, and then at the end of the movie, as if to try to do that, she meets up with that guy, who's like, wow, you know, I don't know where I've been <laughs> for the last few
1: weeks.
0: You look familiar. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I was, again, I joked with my friend, like, yeah, I lost track of, like, a lot of time, and for some reason my dick smells like you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know why. And she's just like, yeah, that's weird. See you later. <laughs> exactly. Don't know, dude. <laughs> like, oh, my God. And, again, a movie that is trying to, trying to say something about, like, the male gaze and uh, dudes hitting on chicks without them liking it, then has Wonder Woman basically become a date rapist.
1: Basically, yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny, not funny, haha, but being based in 1984, where you know there's a lot of entertainment we all like from the 80s, but if you look back at a lot of those movies... Yeah,
0: like the sex comedies of yes. the... Like Porky's or Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> there's,
1: a, there's things about, you know, consent in those movies that have not aged well exactly. at all. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of... I mean, I don't know, It it's kind of like a dig towards guys with the idea, like, if that had been a woman, people would have been like, oh my god, that yeah. is so gross and disgusting and misogynistic, but it's the idea that, like, you know, well, it's okay for guys, they'll fuck anything. Yeah, that
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, he probably had the time of his life. <laughs> yeah. You guys are horny all the
0: time, right? <laughs> yeah. And that, yeah, that's just so weird. I mean,
1: and, like, like, just. If you're gonna go, like you said, this is based in magic. Just yeah. bring Stree- yeah. Steve Trevor back. Exactly. Just
0: <laughs> Plop, There he is. Where am I? And and oh, that's another thing. He's like mystified by modern day things like, like subway cars. Yeah, they had those in like the 1800s. Right. Oh, look at the 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 magic escalator. Like yeah, that was invented in the 1890s. <laughs> <laughs> What's this garbage can? Like surely he's seen art before. Like come on. <laughs> kidding.
1: Well, and that's it's. It's interesting that you bring that up, too, because they do with Steve Trevor um, what I gave them a lot of respect for not doing with Diana in the first Wonder Woman.
0: But they do that a bit.
1: A little, but not too much. Like, what's just, this, magical ice cream? Oh, it's so cold. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's that's kind of to be expected. They would never treat her like she's stupid, though. They just treat her like she's a fish out of water, right. like she's come from this place that's been totally sealed off to the modern world to the modern world. They never treat her like she's an idiot, which a lot of those movies do, especially with female superheroes. Like, if you watch the Supergirl movie, oh, my God. Um, But, yeah, with Steve Trevor, it's, like, this constant rotation of, ooh, look at him. He doesn't understand how things work. And it's like, yeah, guys, that was maybe funny the first time.
0: But he can fly a modern jet right he gets in and like oh let's just do uh, this and there we go we're good <laughs> what the fuck that's not the same as the biplane that you flew in the first movie not at that all that you barely flew in the first movie
1: <laughs> so yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of license taken with that that I, I, like so many things in this movie does not really pay off
0: and she can make things turn invisible for some reason and she's like yeah I made something turn invisible five years ago <laughs> what the fuck
1: right <laughs> <laughs> because yes, the the uh, concept of an invisible jet was too cheesy. Yeah. So they had to give her magic invisible powers. Um,
0: that, and that's another thing. So when we were watching it, the invisible jet to me is always dumb. Just let her fly. Yeah. But uh, Bear was telling me that in Joss Whedon's script, when he wrote one in like two thousand three, the explanation for the invisible jet was it was Steve's plane that when he crashed in in uh, Themyscira, the Amazons rebuilt it, and when they were when they left. As they're flying out, you know, it's got that stealth shield around the mascara. Um, The stealth particle's, like, rubbed off on the jet. So that's why it's invisible. Okay. Like, that's a really fucking easy explanation <laughs> that would work. But to have her, like, wah, 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 conjure invisibility. And then, what the hell happened to that jet? <laughs> First of all, <laughs> she can't fly it. So, um, I just like to imagine that, again, that guy that... Um, that uh, lost a chunk of his life to traveling the world with Diana. Like, like he just walks out of his apartment one day and just breaks his nose. I'm like, the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> just walked into something that felt like a plane. <laughs>
1: <And> boom, <yeah. laughs> it would have made more sense anyway.
0: <laughs> and then, like, she can't fly it, so where where is it now? Did they just crash it, or
1: <laughs> good question. It's out in the desert somewhere. <laughs> One day a pack of camels will hit it.
0: <laughs> and then there was another... Oh, her the thing about her flying, too. They give her this power to fly, and she learns how to fly because Steve told her that it feels like the wind in your wings or something. <laughs> so they have a really long scene of her learning to fly. Then in the next... So she's up there forever, gliding on the wind currents and flying. She leaves Washington, D.C. to go flying, then lands back down in Washington, D.C. to get a suit with wings on it. Right.
1: Right. So
0: why even have her learn how to fly when they give her a suit that has wings? That's
1: a good question. (laughs) I can't answer it. (laughs) And then
0: she doesn't even need the fucking suit. Already, A, she can fly. We just saw her. (laughs) B, she gets that suit because, like, she's lost her powers a bit, you know? Mm -hmm. But she regains her powers because she says goodbye to Steve. So she gets her powers back, Flies over to fight Cheetah and then just
1: easily beats her. <laughs> right, right. In another CGI mishmash. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, and I, I don't think anyone has cohesive answers for that.
0: And then Max Lord is like telling the world, hey, give me your wishes. That's, and we gotta go back to this. What the fuck was Max Lord's plan?
1: I don't think he had one.
0: But that's just the thing. He <laughs> knew about the wishing stone, mm-hmm. he's researched it, he knows about it he conceivably could just say, give me all the power.
1: Right, yeah. So
0: why did he need to become the wishing stone and then take people's wishes, take the bad side... Is that really how it works? You know, like, oh, I want a million dollars. Okay, but you're also going to kill your wife. (laughs) Like, you can just throw in things. And then, like, even after the fact, like, that dude that he swindles out of his land or whatever, he's like, oh, well, I want all your oil fields. Because, like, well, I don't have oil fields anymore. Huh. "Uh, Well, then I want your army instead. Like, you can just do that. You can change your mind well after the fact. Like, that's fucking dumb.
1: (laughs) It is. Well, and it's like you pointed out, too, um, in a prior conversation, that it's a big, it's a hole in the movie. Like, why, why wouldn't he just wish for all the power in the world so he doesn't have to, I don't know, replace his organs? Yeah. Have organs <laughs> he, <on>? he, <laughs>
0: he's freaking, he spends half the movie just shivering and bleeding from the nose while he's sweating profusely, and his eyes turned red. And he's like, uh, wouldn't it be great if you could get me to the White House really quick?
1: <laughs> 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 and... He gets to, and you also said this earlier, and I agree is that it ends up being mostly Max Lord. Yeah exactly
0: yeah. it's Max Lord 1984. It's, he's the star. Pedro Pascal's in this far more than Wonder Woman and he learns more than her and he, he's the one who's the catalyst for everything and he's the hero in the end. you know like he's the one who gets to be reunited with his son and who, Wait, he, what's important? And did you know, so, like, he takes, like, the Air Force One or whatever, the, the helicopter, out to this island where he can broadcast in the world. And then he's like, i got to get back to my son. I was like, what, are you going to fucking swim there? Like, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> and then it just randomly cuts back to Washington, D.C. of him getting off that same helicopter and, where's my son? And they magically
1: <laughs> find him. <each> yes. <laughs> yeah. Daddy! Oh, yeah. Yeah, and... That's, again, so many things about this movie they are just done clumsily. It's like, okay, you want to imbue both villains with a sense of humanity and sympathy. Fine, fine, but it adds nothing to the story. And if anything, it detracts from it. Yeah. And uh, your main character, Wonder Woman, gets shafted. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> and it, again, with, with, with Max and Steve again, just becomes the man's story. Mm. Like I felt the first Wonder Woman was. I felt it was Steve's story with her as, like, the, the dragon, quote, the, the tough, the, the muscle that the hero needs. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh. And And that's another, th- another thing that I fucking hated about the first Wonder Woman is the fact that they changed her or- origin. Mm-hmm. This pisses me off more than anything, because the original origin of Wonder Woman is all about uh, Hippolyta creating her daughter out of clay and the love of the of her mother, like being imbued in this creation, she she puts so much of herself into it that it literally comes to life. Mm-hmm. It's about the bond between a mother and a daughter, and the magic that Hippolyta gives her gives her her power. Mm-hmm. Now, no, she's Zeus's kid. Of course. So it mm-hmm. takes it takes the power away from the feminine and gives it back to the masculine. Mm-hmm. She's now the instrument of Zeus. She's his fucking sword. <laughs> <laughs> they literally break the sword and say, no, you're the weapon. Mm, yeah. That 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 irritates me so bad, because it feels like it's this character who should be fundamentally feminine is now more masculine than the gods.
1: Mm, I didn't see it that way. I thought, understandable. Under, yeah, I can see. Especially since she... Especially since Patty Jenkins had to fight so hard to be like, no, I don't want to tell a story about a a, a, a basically a guy in a woman's body who you know, like you said, has a lot of bloodlust and goes out to kill. Her strengths are what could be perceived as her more traditional feminine qualities, which is kindness and compassion, mm. even to in the face of uh, you know people who are being complete assholes and may not deserve it. Yeah. Um, which. Okay, the or I'm I'm disappointed that they changed her origin too, but I do feel like the message that they were trying to get across with the first Wonder Woman, I feel like that it sticks to landing, in terms of, uh, you know, her finally realizing, well, it's not about deserves, it's not about you know what humanity deserves to have happen to us, it's about the idea that um, you do what you do because it's the right thing to do. Are you talking
0: about 84 or the first one?
1: The first one. The first one. I feel like that message lands. I feel like... that. The comes... mission,
0: message of it was, she killed Ares so war's no more. No. No.
1: That's not the message. <laughs> I disagree. But that's what she's...
0: That's the whole point of her movie. The <laughs> whole point of her thing is, uh, she's a weapon that Zeus created to kill Ares so that humanity won't fall into war anymore. During <laughs> World War I. <laughs>
1: But then they, I think they do a good job, though, of showing us that that's not really the case because she is naive in that respect. That oh, if I just dis- if I just stop this person, I destroy this thing, then war is done. And when she obviously sees that that's not the case, no, she goes into hiding. <laughs> well, and Wonder Woman 1984 <laughs> fucks that up something royal. <laughs> to go back to Wonder Woman 1984, um, like. What the fuck is the message? What are they trying to say?
0: Truth, man. It's all about truth. Remember what Robin Wright said? you got to ride those horses, jump into the ocean, and fucking throw javelins and be true. Get your gold armor. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: It's all about be careful what you wish for, and, I think, yeah, and, and tell the truth.
0: That, that, just... <laughs> it's, it's basi- It basically boils down to just be happy with what you have. On could be worse
1: exactly <laughs> my, my friend jess and i made a horrible joke about that it's like you know telling uh children the make a wish foundation it's like look timmy i know you're gonna die of cancer but you just need to accept the truth yeah exactly
0: <laughs> there's also a scene where when everyone's getting their wishes and that, la- that lady and her husband are arguing and he's like she says something to him like i wish you'd fuck off or whatever and he's like yeah well i wish you'd drop dead and then she's Collapses and he's like, "Whoa!" and he just stares at her. And then it cuts back later. This is uh, this also got me laughing so fucking hard. It cuts back later to him like thinking, like, "Oh my god, what did I do?" And in the background, you see her laying on the ground and somebody giving her CPR, <laughs> <laughs> as he is completely ignoring her.
1: Right. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I didn't know I had that much power. The
0: way it's framed was so bad. Like, it looked like that was like a Monty Python skit or
1: something.
0: <laughs> it, was, it was it looked like it was supposed to be funny and it clearly wasn't. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> My poor wife who died. She's not dead yet. Yeah. Oh, Christ. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it really was. I, I'm with you. It's one of the it's one of the worst movies of the year. <laughs> and it, it didn't have to be. And I just Again, like you said, you're probably right. I don't know anything about... I haven't read any backstory in terms of why the filmmakers decided to go in this direction, what Patty Jenkins thought that she was doing with this story, so I can't comment to that. But it just feels like... It, fe- it just feels like, okay, we've delved back into that that DC pit That DCEU pit of them not having a clear sense of what they're really trying to say. Like, they think they do, but the way it translates to audience just doesn't translate. Exactly.
0: It feels a lot like Batman versus Superman. It does. Just messy. uh, I mean, this one clearly isn't as dark, but just that that messy... This scene is really cool looking, but how does it affect the rest of the movie? I don't know. (laughs)
1: Right. On to the next scene. So you get this, like, two and a half hour long, almost three hour movie... Where just nothing adds up, and you have all this extraneous baggage. And speaking of which, um, do you want to talk about Linda Carter?
0: Oh yeah. And Lynn, 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 uh, <laughs> so at the end of the movie, Principal Powers shows up, and she is—I oh, uh, actually looked that up while we were talking. See, look, <laughs> Principal Powers. Oh, I had to get her name. Oh Jesus. <laughs> so anyway, Principal Powers shows up, stops a. Thing from falling over says uses a line that Wonder Woman said earlier in the movie, and then <laughs> wanders off into the distance. And it's like it's a fun little cameo, probably the best scene in the movie. Probably <laughs> but also, it's just like what? Like so, there's another Amazonian out there just saving the day quietly. So Wonder Woman isn't special in that regard either, right? <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, they're just secretly walking there. Well, she's probably keeping herself a better secret than, yeah, than exactly. Wonder Woman. And that. Brings me to something else that I just want to ask, like, people who like this. Because, again, if you're listening to us and you're thinking, well, you guys are just flat out wrong, fine. You know, each to their own. Um, Whatever does it for you. But we're not. (laughs) But we're not. (laughs) Um, And I'm not saying that uh, one of the things that, that movies about minorities or women get saddled with is, like, they get caught between that rock and a hard place of, like, well, why aren't you everything to everyone? And I understand that it can't be that, but my question is, how can this movie be anything of substance to anyone? Like, if you like this movie just because, hey, I like the way it looks, I like Gal Gadot, I like, you know, whatever, Um, I'm not going to argue with you on that level, but it's, like, the way that DCEU, and it's not just them, it's a lot of Hollywood movies now, like, they... Feed you tiny little cameos like Linda Carter or like for fans with the uh, uh, Vertigo comic books to granted the average movie going population isn't going to recognize the Dreamstone, but you did (laughs) immediately. And so my question there is because it goes nowhere and because it's just like these little tidbits that they try to throw you, it's like, how is that satisfying? Like, how do you watch that stuff and you're like, oh, yay, this is the movie of this character that I wanted to see, when it's really just like, to me, it feels like you're just getting tossed scraps. Well, to me, I mean,
0: the scraps are what I enjoy. <laughs> Simon Stagg was in there. Hey, he created Metamorpho. That's cool. Moving on.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, at least he's a comic book character.
1: Um, so. <laughs> well, and I would argue though that well I would agree that at least his character could have a place in that movie yeah. he wasn't entirely out of place it's just like more of the little stuff where they're like well doesn't this satisfy you yeah. you know we're showing you this thing and it's like well okay you have the thing but are you going to do anything with it
0: I don't think that's the thinking I think it's just the thinking is just throw in some fucking comic book stuff and we'll make a story around it and that's how Warner Brothers operates <laughs> it's the diametric opposition or Whatever to Marvel Studios. With Marvel Studios, everything is about the characters. Build the story around the characters so it makes sense. Right. I'll never forget listening to the commentary for the film Captain America: Civil War, um, hearing the Russo brothers talk about introducing characters into that narrative, and how like Hawkeye doesn't show up until like an hour and a half in the movie, and like we kept thinking of earlier ways to bring it in, and then thought no, it doesn't make sense for him to be there. He can only enter in the movie where he should. And they said that if you're writing a script and a character shouldn't do something, then that character can't do that thing. So if a character shouldn't do something, they can't. End right. of story.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> that, and that might make it frustrating at times, but it does make it more clear for the audience. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's, it makes the writing better.
1: It does. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You actually have to be vigilant.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, that's a big vertigo for me. <laughs> No, so afterward, like, I I was just so let down and angry, but I also laughed my way through this movie because it's so fucking dumb and ridiculous. I can understand people liking it on that aspect or MST3K, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I I, I get that. So afterward, I was like, wow, that was terrible. And Bear was like, yeah, it was bad, but I liked it. I was like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, that was awful. He's like, yeah, I know. It was awful, but I laughed my way through it. Like, yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. I laughed my way through the room also. Yeah. I'm not going to call either of those movies good, though. <laughs> no,
1: no. And at least with The Room, it sticks to its, you know, batshit crazy theme, like, from the get-go, from the first time a character opens their mouth to the very, very end, you're like, Oh, okay. hi, doggy." <laughs>
0: Jesus. I was waiting for a Tommy Wiseau cameo in this flick, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're tearing me apart, Diana. <laughs> yeah. And I guess that's just in the end what makes it a disappointment for me and probably why I won't watch it again because there wasn't enough there to make me laugh the yeah. whole way through. That
0: was actually the one, the one thing that when Bear said that. And I was like, yeah, okay, The Room is a shitty movie that some guy scraped in a, a bunch of money together to make. I can forgive that. This is a $200 million tentpole movie. This shouldn't be that sloppy. <laughs> when you have that many cooks over a stew, it shouldn't come out... Uh, with, like, jelly beans in it, you know? Exactly. <laughs> like, for, for whatever, for, for however overcooked some movies get, you know, the Transformers movies, objectively not good movies, but, like, at least there's a logic to them. Yeah. You're going to, you, when you watch a Transformers movie, you're not going to, uh, again, like, it's like, fuck, I'm, like my jelly bean metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> when you eat a tomato s- soup, you're not going to expect to find uh, some gummy worms in it.
1: Right, right, exactly. That's not what you sat down to that particular bowl of soup or movie for.
0: So yeah, the Transformers are the tomato soup. The gummy worms are... Um, Muppets? Yeah,
1: too, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> 101 kind of had Muppets with Cheetah. <laughs> they certainly had Jellicle cats.
1: Oh, oh God.
0: And that was the thing. So when, when she shows up at the end, I'll CGI Harry, and she's like... She's like, I'm here to fight you. <laughs> and I was like, the classic comic book trope of the villains naming themselves, you know? And because she's like, I'm not Barbara Minerva anymore, whatever the line is. And I was like, I'm not Barbara Minerva anymore. From now on, I'm Rum Tum Tugger.
1: Andrew Lloyd Webber would have loved it. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, yeah. That just it makes me. It makes me so sad for Kristen Wiig because it's like. Oh. That could have been cool. It could have been cool. And it's great to see Kristen Wiig in a... I, mean, I think she could be in a superhero movie. Well, she was obviously in a superhero movie, <laughs> <Yeah>. but...
0: <laughs> she was just playing herself, though. She was just playing every other goofy character that she's played.
1: Right, but it didn't have to be. Yeah, I know.
0: Exactly. So I'm just saying, like, like they clearly hired her because that's what they wanted. They didn't hire her because they wanted range. <laughs> they hired Kristen Wiig because they wanted Kristen Wiig, and they got Kristen Wiig. Yeah, and then yeah. in the end, they got Kristen Wiig with CGI. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah just so many wasted opportunities it's uh <laughs> yeah yeah an excellent movie i recommend everyone go and see it
0: so what's what's your rating for real
1: uh-huh. like personally verda don't like again i can't Virta see... stop verda <laughs> Virta stop verda verda stop verda halt verda don't verda 100 was it a
0: gal go <laughs> or oh, <a> no. gal don't <laughs> oh no hey how do you pronounce her last name
1: Godot?
0: I don't know that there's a consensus to be honest. Really? I've seen her pronounce it differently. Oh. But almost always with a hard t. Oh, so she either says Godot. she either says Gadot or gadotes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just like wait what? <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't know your own name pronunciation?
1: <laughs> oh, well in that case I would have to say yeah, it's a it's a gal gadot. I mean again, other people might there might be enough there for you to, you know, have a good time with but I don't see myself eagerly sitting down yeah, exactly.
0: to see it again. Yeah, it was it's, it's exhausting. Um it was fun to sit around and laugh at it once. I'm so glad I didn't watch it alone. Mm-hmm. If i had been watching it alone, I would have been on my phone and not paying attention at all. Cuz after that fucking beginning scene of the the Amazonian games, I was just like, "Okay, I whatever
1: (laughs) (laughs) well exactly and that i think that was part of my problem too is you texted me and then i sat down to watch it later and i was by myself and it was really really hard to stay with it i was like you know what i think i have other shit to do but (laughs) so i assume that it was uh will not make your top 10 for (laughs) yeah no
0: that's a that's a verta stop for me um what else is there to say? <laughs> I feel like we've talked it to death now. There's no reason to go any further other than, yeah, if you like it, um, reexamine your life.
1: <laughs>
0: Take a film studies class. <laughs>
1: you, too, probably have other things that you could do with your life. <laughs> I'm sure there's a bathroom that needs cleaned, or a novel that needs to be written, or a soup kitchen that needs a volunteer. But no, if you liked it, please uh, go to our social media. Whether you liked it, hated it, don't care. Go to our social media. Tell us how much you agree with us or how wrong you think that we are. We are on Instagram at Vertigo Voices. We are on Facebook. No, No, we're not on Facebook. Just I am. Yeah, we're on Facebook, but yeah, we don't have a page. Never mind. We're on Twitter. (laughs) Excuse me.
0: Yeah, Twitter at Vertigo Voices. Um, Follow, subscribe, like, share, tweet. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, However, you do it
0: (laughs) Uh, email our email is uh, vertigovoices at gmail.com feel free to send us a letter an electronic letter and special thanks to me for whipping out that that theme song it was pretty good
1: (laughs) absolutely thank you so much Um,
0: and uh, special thanks to my daughter for providing the casio you're
1: here
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah that's it next time we're going to do 2020 episode it's going to be called hindsight 2020. Oh boy. That was actually a joke that I will explain next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, we're done. Goodbye.
1: Farewell.